Hello and welcome back to the underscore NBA news podcast. It is November 10th at exactly 10.10 p.m. We back at you live in my basement. I'm David Bernauer, your host, and alongside me, a man who just got back from Jewel. It's Duncan White. Happy to be here. Yeah, he is. He's always happy to be at my basement. So, episode 10, you can follow us on Twitter at the episode underscore. Episode 11. Oh, yeah. It's episode 11. Psych. Uh, anyway, follow us on Twitter at the underscore NBA News Pod. You can follow me, David Bernauer, at David of Bernauer, and you can follow Duncan at HyperHorse14. Actually, I forgot to tell you that. I changed oh. my name. Oh, you yeah. changed it. What did you change it to? It's now Duncan underscore White14. Ooh. Yeah. Duncan yeah. underscore White14, guys. So. Yeah, sorry. I forgot to tell you that, David. All right. And if you want more up-to-date NBA news, follow the Instagram account. That's now officially a sports page on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> at simply the underscore NBA news. So just today, this uh, late morning, early afternoon, the Jimmy Butler saga finally came to an end as he was sent, along with Justin Patton, to the Philadelphia 76ers. In return, the T-Wolves got... Jared Bayless, Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and I couldn't believe the Sixers gave this up. A 2022 second round pick. Mm. Most important part of the deal, right? Yeah, that's that's gonna be valuable, I think, <laughs> down down the road at some point. Yeah, especially a draft and stash, you know. Yeah, get oh, a yeah. draft and stash. I don't know, maybe someone like uh, the next Luka Doncic, probably. <laughs> All right. Let's get down to business, though. Yeah. Because. Business. Officially, Jimmy Butler's out of Minnesota, and Tibbs has officially conceded that he has to he had to give up Jimmy because <laughs> they went on a five-game losing streak on the road, didn't win a single game on the road trip. That was, that was great. Um, and now I guess Cat and Wiggins are, like, happy yeah. <laughs> that he's gone. Happy? I guess. But they're not going to really win in any way. I don't know. Like, especially now he's gone. So, if you're Timberwolves, you get Robert Covington, who's a good 3 and D guy. You get Sarge, who has good potential, I guess. Um, He's a good power forward, stretch power forward. Yeah, he hasn't started off the season too well. Only 11 points a game on 36% shooting from the field. That's, yeah. But he's only going to get better from there. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's a good fit alongside Cat. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. Uh, I mean, it's nothing special if you're the Timberwolves, in my opinion. No, um, You had that Rockets deal, but you said you didn't want to trade him to a Western Conference team. So no no first-round picks in this deal. And then you had the Miami Heat deal, which you could get a first-round pick. And also Josh Richardson, who's a very good player, in my opinion. And Kelly Olenek. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, he does, although Olenek does have a big contract, I do think he is yeah. an underrated player. Because there's not a whole lot of fives that can shoot three-pointers. Right. But. So you put him alongside Towns there, that's a lot of three-pointers. Yeah. But zero defense in the paint. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's not like they got any defense anywhere right now still. So yeah. I, I don't know. Here we go, Timberwolves. I think your playoff hopes have officially ended today. Yeah, but Derrick Rose, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 50, oh yeah! Shout out to 50, Derek Rose yeah, though. Fifty points. We forgot to put that on the notes because there's been a lot that's happened the last two weeks. It's hard to keep track of everything. Yeah. So yeah, congrats to Derek Rose and yeah. fifty points, and he also we'll, had a great game against the Lakers. Yeah. I guess we'll talk about that a little more later. Uh, later yeah. on. 
Um, but I do want to talk about the 76ers because now they have a big three in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, like a legitimate big three, too. Yeah. So I want to hear your opinion first, though. What did they get better at? What did they get worse at, though? Well, to sum up my thoughts, there's a tweet from NBA YouTuber, a funky diabetic, that kind of went like, hey, Butler can't really shoot all that great. Yeah. Yeah, but Butler's really good. The Sixers will be good with him. Yeah, but Butler can't really shoot that well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty much my entire thoughts on the trade. Because <sighs> I don't know how much longer they're going to keep going with the Fultz experiment in the starting lineup. Right. Starting over Reddick. Well, Reddick has to start now. Like, yeah. I don't see why he wouldn't. But if he doesn't, then the current starting lineup is Reddick, Butler, I guess Simmons, depending on where you put him, three or four. Or then one. Have, yeah, or one, but with Fultz is starting, he's at the one. Oh, that's true, yeah. So you have Simmons at the three or the four, and I have no idea who you put in at the next position, like Mike Muscala. Right, which I don't want to yeah, like, do that. I guess Wilson Chandler when he comes back, maybe, and then Joel Embiid. So, I mean, outside of one of Wilson Chandler or Mike Muscala, you don't have a whole ton of floor spacing there. Right. And it was already terrible to start out with. Agreed. Yeah. With just Simmons and Embiid clogging the paint. And although Embiid does shoot a lot of three-pointers, no one guards him because he doesn't make them a lot. 30% on the year. Yeah. Not and too great. Simmons hasn't shot a three because he's scared. <laughs> right. Shoot the ball, coward. <laughs> yeah. So I that was my initial reaction, too. While I do think it's good, like, it's actually a good trade because, you know, I mean, you basically just traded Robert Covington and... Sorry, Sarge for Jimmy Butler for an All NBA player and All Defensive right. Team type of guy too. Right. Obviously, the shooting is going to be an issue. Um, I am very interested to see how Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler can't coexist. Now, my biggest question is also who takes the biggest dip in numbers. I still want Joel Embiid to be the first option, no matter what. No one can guard him. No. Right. So he has to be no matter what the first option, and Jimmy has to realize that he's not the first option there. He could also not be the second option if you're really talking about it, like especially if we get yeah. a little bit like, later. I think with the spacing issues, like Jimmy Butler's might have to be like a spot up shooter type of guy, right? And he hasn't done that since really 2013. Yeah, when he was with the Bulls and he was the two guard there, and that's when Lou Aldang was still like the main yeah. second option. So I don't know. It's gonna be kind of interesting to see that. I think if anyone's going to really take a dip in numbers, though, it's probably going to be Ben Simmons because, you know, at the end of games, Ben Simmons doesn't really have like, – he does he has the ball in his hands, but he's also scared because yeah. if he gets fouled, he has to shoot free throws, yeah. and he can't really shoot free throws. So it's mostly like he just kind of throws it to Embiid, creates something. Yeah. So now, or J.J. Redick. Yeah. But now with Jimmy Butler, I think – the Timberwolves have another closer, obviously. Or, I'm sorry. The 76ers have another closer. <laughs> I just dang it. Because <laughs> uh, Jimmy Butler is one of the best closers in the league. Um, but, you know, you have a, a second guy who can actually close out a game and have the ball in his hands instead of just Ben Simmons. But I think Simmons still has to be out on the floor at the end of the games. Um, so, obviously, you brought up the shooting issue because Simmons, Butler, and Embiid just kind of clog up the middle a lot. And if you're in bead, you need a lot of floor spacing. They mm-hmm. don't really have that at the moment, um, besides Redick. So I think Redick has to start from now on. I don't care. Yeah. But, I mean, with Simmons, Butler, and Embiid, they're all good defenders. Butler's defensive team defender. And 
Embiid was one of the best shot blockers last year. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be fine with Redick starting. Um, what I what I do want to say, though, for the 76ers, and this is one thing I was kind of looking at a lot, was that the 76ers really, when Embiid comes off the floor, they don't have anybody that can have ball penetration into the paint and then create their own shot mm-hmm. or, for some, or create a shot for somebody else. Because it's mostly just when Embiid comes off the floor, they speed up tempo, and then it's just Ben Simmons run. And yeah, they'll get buckets like that. But if it's a, a made basket and they have to bring the ball up the court, play a half court set, they don't really get anywhere. No, there's not. So this really at least person. gives them another shot creator. Jimmy Butler can create his own shot and can create shots for everybody else too. But also he needs floor spacing, and they don't really have that at the moment. So I'm interested to see if the 76ers do another move. Do you keep Markel on the bench? And find go get in our point guard or wing player that can shoot threes because or you can move Ben Simmons to the point guard. Yeah, I think they should probably try to make a trade for Kyle Korver. Yeah, and if they can't find a trade anywhere, then just wait until he gets bought out by the Cavs because it's going to yeah. happen after the trade yeah, he deadline. Ain't staying there. <laughs> I, I assume it's going to happen after the trade deadline this year if the Cavs can't find a deal anywhere for him. Right. So, if they can't find a deal in the next like few weeks then i would just have i would just wait until after the trade deadline players are getting bought out to try and find a veteran like they did last with bellinelli i think Ilyasova got bought out too he did yeah yeah both those guys who got bought out and went to the sixers and really helped them down the stretch there with their 17 or so game win streak that they had to without him get them into the playoffs yeah because before that they were like about a 500 team Mm -hmm. yeah which they are about right now i think they're eight and six or eight and seven right now yeah now, granted, they're over Boston currently, but actually, no, I think because they just lost, they're behind Boston. But yeah, they it, it's been kind of weird with this team early going because he, he had such high expectations, but then they're kind of like on the low a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because, well, I did notice though in, in a season opener against Boston, I was really just, it just hit me so hard when I saw MB come out of the game. I'm just like, where do the 76ers go? That was yeah. like my biggest question. Like it was just if Simmons got the rebound off a miss, and then they ran. That that was like that was it though. And then when they ran their half court set, especially good Boston defense, they got nowhere. They had nobody to create anything because even Ben Simmons in the pick and roll, which is not his game, mm-hmm. they they couldn't create anything. And Boston plays that pick and roll really well. So I was like, oh boy, they they need somebody else that can either put the ball on the floor and get to the rim or find another shooter that can create a shot. But at least now with Jimmy Butler, I think this is this gets them that. I'm just like, can they coexist? That's my biggest question. Now, uh, Woj has said that they're thinking long-term already, so I think Butler's obviously yeah. going to sign an extension there. I mean, I, I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, but again, though, it's like... Jimmy's kind of getting older, too. He only yeah. has a few good years left. So, 76ers, this is a win-now move, at least. Yeah. At least I just, it could be good, though, for a good amount of time, even when Butler gets older. Yeah, it's just... I feel like, also, like another... I know we haven't said anything good about this trade yet, really. <laughs> I know. It's all been negative, but to add another negative on there, <laughs> all those guys like Fultz, Butler, Embiid, and Simmons, they all need the ball in their hands to be good. 
Right. Like, none yeah. of them are really... I kind of like Carmelo Anthony. Like, he's not good unless he has the ball in his hands. And even now, as he's reached the end of his prime, and he's really past it right now. Oh, yeah, he's definitely past he's it. He's not even good with it in his hands now. But when he was in his prime, like, he needed the ball in his hands to be effective. Right. And that's pretty much the big four, if you count Fultz in there. Right. All of what they have, they need the ball in their hands. Yeah. And that's how the Thunder went down last year. All of Russ, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony needed the ball in their hands. Right. And there's only one ball to go between three people. Now you have the same thing with four people. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how it's going to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting because I'm more just like interested. Like, who brings the ball up the court now? <laughs> like, is it going to be Simmons? Because Butler will bring it up the court a lot of the yeah. time. Especially with the Timberwolves and the, the Bulls. He would initiate the offense. So, I mean, what do you run now if you're Brett Brown? Do you run more plays for having, like, and beating the action, still getting into the post area? Or do you run more of, like, a pick and roll for Butler as your main go-to type thing? I don't know. Ask Brett Brown. Don't ask me. (laughs) I'm not a coach. I don't think I'd be a good coach. I'm not mean enough. (laughs) Too nice. Yeah. (laughs) But I I know we're really negative, but let's just end this on a positive note, I guess. Like the Sixers will be better. Oh yeah, they're definitely gonna be better now. It's just (laughs) again though, can't biggest question: Are they better than Toronto? At the moment, I don't think so. I I tweeted out something: Are the 76ers now the best team in the East? And so I I don't know how many votes it got, but when I first checked it, it said everyone said 100 percent no. So I'm like, okay. Um, so are they better than Toronto? Is it currently at the top? I don't think so. Toronto's is a really well-run system at the moment. And Kawhi, um, are they better than Boston? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. Are they better than Milwaukee, who's the third team that's kind of jumped up and like, taken their spot? Maybe. Because, like, the Bucks haven't been this good the last few years. Right. So we need to see if, like, it really is, like, a new Bucks team with Mike Budenholzer or if it's just a hot start with an easier schedule. Right. So that's that's still up for debate, but yeah. right now I would say absolutely not that the 76ers aren't better than the Bucks. Yeah. Now, the, the one thing that the 76ers do have that none of those teams have is Embiid. Yeah. So that's really None of those the, teams have that big man inside. Yeah, that's where they can really gain ground. So, I again, like I said, Embiid has to be the first option still, be the main guy, and then Butler has to really be second option and try to be effective that way and maybe even you know i know brett brown likes uh and being in the second unit maybe switch that maybe put butler in the second unit yeah or something like that because where he can have the ball in his hands more yeah and i'm interested just to see how like is it more catch and shoot with butler i think he has to yeah and I don't think he's a bad catch-and-shoot guy. I think he's actually really effective like that. It's more just can he get open on a catch-and-shoot type of play. He hasn't really done that in a while. No. So, yeah, interesting. Um, but, again, another shot creator for the 76ers, which is what they really needed because, again, it's just like just Simmons out there, no Embiid, there's no ball penetration at all because you can't throw it down yeah. to the post. Unless you post up Simmons, but... Then again, it's, defenses were able to yeah. push him out of the paint to not allow that to happen. Yeah. But uh, while we're on the topic of Jimmy Butler, 
and how he used to be a Timberwolf. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to Derrick Rose scoring 50 points, <laughs> a career high. Yeah. On Halloween night. Dressed up as the former MVP. Yeah, dressed up as him from seven, eight, seven years ago. Yeah. Ah, good old D Rose. It was great to see. Not gonna lie, I didn't. I couldn't watch the game, but yeah, I, I saw. didn't. Wa- I didn't watch it. At, well, I caught like the last like two seconds of the game because I was going through looking at some of the scores after them. I think the Magic were playing. Who I was watching some game and uh, it had ended, so I was just looking through the scores of all the games and stuff. And I looked at the Timberwolves games and it was close, so I was like, okay, I'll look at this one. And it said Derrick Rose had like thirty-five points. I'm like, oh, cool. But, like it wasn't like anything out of the ordinary, like. Derrick Rose has had a few 30-point games. Yeah, even after his even, many yeah, injuries. Even, yeah, even after the injuries, like he had a few in New York, I think. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't blown away. I was like, oh, cool. And then I went, and I was scrolling through Twitter like 15 minutes later, and it says that Derrick Rose is 50 points. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, oddly, like, said what? Like, out loud. And so I went to the game, and it was about over. There's like two seconds left. And everyone, they just started mobbing D-Rose, hogging him and stuff. Yeah. And like... When he was doing that, like, post-game interview and, like, crying, man, like, I, I almost started crying. Like, yeah. I'm not really, like, a huge, like, D-Rose or Bulls fan or anything like that. But the season he won MVP in the 2010-11 season was the first year that I was, like, really into basketball when I was in fourth grade. Mm. So, like, on top of being, like, sentimental about it because that was my first year watching basketball, like, I was also a little kid at the time. So that holds a lot, holds a big place in my heart as well. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I just, I almost cried. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't cry, but I did get a lot of emotion. Yeah. It was just, you know, knowing what he has had to go through. Yeah. And just like imagine, you're 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 on your way to be one of the best point guards. Like you're yeah. ever mm-hmm. your youngest MVP ever. And then injuries have taken all that away. And not to mention, like, he was, he's still in his prime, technically, if you're really looking at years. Yeah. Like, it like really, he'd still be in his prime yeah. if he didn't he get hurt, be, probably. He could be better at this point. Which I mean, is crazy to think. Yeah, and it's just unfortunate that he had those injuries to hurt his knees. And, yeah, it was just, like, if there's any way in the league that really deserved that 50-point game, it was him. Yeah. It's been a rough road with him. Even off court issues, it's just so much going with him. Yeah. Like um, he was contemplating retirement a year ago. Yeah. And this man is on a $2.1 million deal. <laughs> and he scored 50 points to help basically lead the Timberwolves to win the Jazz against the Jazz. Yeah. Just single handedly without Jimmy Butler that game. So. Yeah. I had something interesting. Oh, yeah. So, like, Whenever, like, Derrick Rose makes a layup or something, everyone's like, oh, vintage Derrick Rose and stuff like that. But, like, 50-point <laughs> game, that was vintage Derrick Rose. Yeah. Like, that actually was. Yeah. He had that crossover going that game, too. Oh, my and God. he took it to Gobert. Like, a lot of guards are afraid to go against Gobert in the paint, but he took it to Gobert. That's, like, that was the difference in Derrick Rose as a guard was – he was able to go up against the big men who would always block shots but still find a way to get into yeah. the rim. And he found a way to get into the rim. Yeah. Because, like, even if you lose some of the athleticism, like, you don't lose the ability to, like, know how to get shots around people and right. whatnot. Yeah. You just can't jump as high anymore, unfortunately. 
Yeah. Ugh. Good old, good old Derrick Rose. Yeah. The throwback moment. It was just. Yeah, in the was, throwback jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wear those more often now for the Timberwolves. Yeah. Um, uh, as a, as our uh, English teacher, Mr. Landad has said plenty of times. I cannot wait for the Derrick Rose ESPN 30 for 30 documentary after he retires. That's going to be a crazy documentary. Oh, my gosh. Like, ESPN even kind of teased it after the game when they said, (laughs) like, what if I told you? And then I had, like, fill in the blank and stuff like that. Like, Yeah. Like, I was kind of like, okay, I don't really know if they'll make a D-Rose documentary because he hasn't really had, like, that type of moment where, like, he has that flash of coming back like a lot of 30 for 30 docs kind of have. Yeah. And now he has that, like... There's definitely going to be a Derrick Rose. Oh, definitely. 30 for 30, like 20 years from now. Yeah. There's definitely going to Assuming be. Assuming 30 for 30 is still around, I don't see why it won't. Yeah. It's a pretty <laughs> successful series. It is. Yeah. And that'll be just an insane thing to watch. Yeah. It's, it's be, you're so, just going to watch leading up to him, you know, becoming MVP, and then just bam. Yeah. Like a lot of the 3030s, like, I'm not, we're not old enough to have really, like, lived through. Yeah. But by then, like, that's something we're going to have, like, lived through and seen. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, like, I really got into basketball the year Derrick Rose was out. <laughs> yeah. The entire year. So, but, like, you could still, I could still just see how much he meant, though, to that team. Yeah. You know, like, and, you know, you hear people talk about him and stuff. And I did, of course, I watched the game Derrick Rose got injured. Yeah, you said that was like the first game you like really watched, it, right? It was my first game I really watched. I've seen other basketball yeah. games, but it was like my first game because my grandma turned it on, and I watched it. Like I was actually kind of paying attention for once. Yeah, and of course he get he gets injured that game. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, but I didn't realize what was going on at the time. But all I just remember my grandma saying, "She's like, oh no, it's over," and she was right. Yeah, <laughs> it was over. It was just downhill from there for the Bulls, but. You could really see how much Derrick Rose meant to that Bulls organization and the city. Just like that injury, like pretty much ended. That it was downhill entire, for the Bulls. Their entire championship window. Oh yeah, right. It was right from there. It was just like downhill. Once that injury happened, it's like all right, Derrick Rose is out for a year, and then he came back and he still looked good. I think it was more of his when he t- tore his meniscus. I think yeah. that's when it really like completely hurt him because yeah, you know. You've seen we've seen Zach Levine. He re, he's recovered yeah. from an ACL tear. And even Jabari Parker, kind of. Yeah, and he just he's just out of shape. Well, right he, did, now. he did it again though. But like when he came back the, from the first ACL tear, he was averaging like twenty points a game. Yeah, it's I think it was when that meniscus tear happened. And, well, granted, Russell Westbrook has tore his meniscus, but it's like I think that's when it really hurt Derek's knees to like really jump and yeah. have that I think explosiveness. I think he's torn his meniscus in both knees. Yeah, I think so. Although the first time he did, I think it was in the same knee. Against it was. Port- it was against Portland, yeah. I remember. and I watched that game. Yeah, because I, re- I remember I was uh, I was in Florida. We were about, about to go on a cruise for my grandparents' 50th anniversary, and I was, like, I had just moved to Chicago, so I was, like, full, like, full-on Bulls fan at the time because <laughs> I, I wanted to fit in. I was like, oh, no, not D-Rose again. Oh, man, this guy's injuries are, or injuries, these guy's knees are, like, Made of cheap plastic from the Happy Meals toys you get at McDonald's. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Ugh. it it just it just shocks me how if you just think about it, the Bulls just went downhill 
from that one moment. Yeah. Thank God that Jimmy Butler became good for them too. Like, imagine, can you imagine oh like if he didn't gosh. become a star player for them? If you look, so like you know like how bad that would be. Bowl, bowl, that bowl season ended. Derrick Rose tore his ACL. You know they get swept. But then it was the next year. You know he's out. But they win 50 games. So yeah. They did a great job. But again, it's Luol Deng leading the way, but it's still a ton of jo- injuries. Yeah. And Joakim Noah, too. Joakim Noah became that. Yeah, yeah Luol like, Deng almost died. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the Bulls, they misdiagnosed a staff infection or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. He almost, had to get his back. Like, he got his spine, a spinal tap. It was just like, what the heck? The <laughs> Bulls almost killed him. Yeah. It, it was just bad. And Because, you know, the playoffs that year, that was one of the best playoff series against the Brooklyn Nets that year. Yeah. I, I loved, I, that was a great Shout series. Shout out to Nate Robinson. Yeah, Nate Robinson saved the Bulls that year, and I was upset he didn't get uh, a new contract from him. But, you know. They ended up making the right decision, though, because he tore his ACL true. next season in Denver. True. But then, if you looked in the next year, Derek's back, right? Tears his meniscus. What happens then? They they trade Luol Deng. It's for, like for nothing. Yeah, for if you look at it now, it became nothing. It legit became nothing from that Luol Deng trade. We got Andrew Bynum and nothing. Should have traded for Dion Waiters. <laughs> um, actually, it, it was the Jordan Bell trade. That's what it became. That that's, <laughs> it that's became what, it became three million dollars. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> Luol Deng trade became the Jordan Bell trade, and then you got three point five million dollars from that. Um, so there there goes our second guy, right? And then he's gone. And so then Jimmy Butler becomes a star the next year, though. But that just basically kept us mid-tier. We were dead from then on. <laughs> and Joe Cunoa, you know, became Defensive Player of the Year, MVP candidate, you know, getting those triple doubles. But again, downhill. It was just downhill from then. Um, so it kind of sucks. <laughs> and now at least we're kind of going uphill, right? Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> so, Derek Rose segment, man. Woo-hoo. Yep. Uh so I actually have a question though. All right. Well, we transition away from you know Timberwolves, Seventy Sixers. But so take the Warriors out of this equation. All right. Do the top four teams? That means Toronto, and I'm going to order for now: Bucks, Seventy uh, Sixers, Celtics. Toronto, Boston, Bucks, Sixers, Pacers. You said no. So Toronto, the, the Bucks. Toronto, right? Bucks, the Celtics, Celtics, and then 76ers. 76ers. Top four teams right now in the Eastern Conference currently. Are they better than the all the Western Conference teams? Take the Warriors out of the equation, though. I don't. It's just like the other teams like below them. Aside from the Pacers in the East, are like really bad. Okay, but like just so like think some about of those right wins probably are because of that. But I mean, well, who are the top four in the East right now? Or West, I mean Denver. Yeah, Den- Denver. I know Portland, Portland is currently okay. in the top, and I don't know from there. I think it's I actually don't know who it is right now. Let's look but, up this. Let's look up the standings. Like, you here, make small talk. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> but just think about it though. And San Antonio. Yeah. Well, they're tied for Mem- with Ooh, Memphis Grizzlies. and OKC. Yeah, Grizzlies, 7 and f- I think yeah. the Grizzlies are uh, 8 and 4 Okay, now. but, like, my point is, is this. Because they just won tonight. Is Toronto better than Portland? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Are they better than Denver? That's kind of... Maybe. That's a good question. They're better than San Antonio, in my opinion. Yeah. So... I don't know. Now, granted, Memphis, I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. And OKC, once Westbrook gets back, I th- they went on a 7-game winning streak. They just lost again tonight. Yeah. But... They're, they're going to be good. I think OKC is going to be really good. Yeah. Especially when Roberson gets back, too. They're going to be good. Their bench is great. 
But yeah, the New Orleans have no. been pretty good, quietly been kind of good too. Yeah, I and think. thank God for Dennis Schroeder for that team because you know Westbrook's now gone, but he has been solid. Schroeder's perfect for that team. Yeah. So, but again though, is Toronto better than OKC? Like that's a legitimate question. Yeah. So are I, they better than the Kings? Who are seventh? <laughs> shout out to the Kings. Yeah, they're they're, seven doing, they're doing a great job. Seven and but five. Then what? Well, okay, Milwaukee. Are they? Are they better than Portland? I'd say it by like a smidge. And the reason better. why I say they're better than Portland is because if you look at their two best players, Lillard and Giannis, like I think I take Giannis at this point. Yeah. All right. So then no, I, th- I there's, think there's, that and then compare the rest of the players, Chris Middleton, CJ McCollum. I'm going like right now, Chris Middleton is playing much better than CJ McCollum. Yeah. Well, I think Pat Connaughton puts them over the top for the <laughs> Bucks because he used to be on the Trailblazers. Yeah. And now that he's on the Bucks, if those two when those two teams play each other, Pat Connaughton knows what's coming. <laughs> he's going to be able to tell all his teammates like what the Blazers are going to do and how you should guard them. So it's, those should that those should be easy wins it, for the Bucks. It's basically just watch for the flare screen from either Lord or McCallum. That's that's Portland offense. I know that. Right. So then, Den- are they better than Denver? I mean, that's again a, a question, a legitimate question. But at this moment, because Denver's playing good defense, I'm gonna go with Denver. But then again, Bucks are better than San Antonio currently. They're better than Memphis. Are they better than OKC with Westbrook? Again, another question. Maybe. And, and also, we have to talk about the Houston is not in the playoffs currently, and they're they're four yeah. and seven. They just lost four, again tonight. So they're four and eight. Yeah. So and now Melo's they're having issues. Yeah. So three like, game losing streaks. So this no. this is like a legitimate question though, right? No, Grant, I messed it up though. But Indiana is third seed currently, but I, I'm not. I don't want. I don't really put Indiana in the top four right now because they don't have. Yeah. Like their old Depot's not Giannis. So uh, right, let's go let's go with Boston then. I know they've been struggling, but you know, guys coming back and everything. But is Boston better than Portland? I say yes. Are they better than Denver? I mean sure. I I mean it, it, that's like an actual that's that's gonna be like a big argument. And then I they're better than San Antonio, they're better than Memphis, they're better than OKC and you know I think they're better than Utah. I think they're better than the Lakers. I think they're better than New Orleans and Houston. So, again, it's just a legitimate question. Now with yeah. Butler's 76ers, are they better than Portland? Uh, I'd have to see him play with the 76ers first. I'm going to say yes because of Embiid. That's, yeah. uh, that's the only reason why, though. Denver, I think Denver's currently better than the 76ers because they've been playing so well. And Jokic just put up 30 and 20. So, centers, though, they kind of cancel out there. Now, that's if Jokic shoots the ball. He can't shoot one shot with two no. seconds left in the game. Yeah, and then, but again, though, they're better than San Antonio, in my opinion, at the moment. They're better than Memphis. They're better than OKC. Well, I don't know about OKC if Westbrook's healthy. But then again, Utah. They, I don't. They don't have the offense currently. Anthony Davis has been injured for New Orleans and the Lakers. You know, I, they're better than the Lakers. They don't. Have, the Lakers just have LeBron. So I, my point is this: it's like. Look at the top four teams. Take Warriors out of the equation. It's interesting right like, now. Yeah, like the, the East Rockets, looks better than the West. Right. Record-wise. I mean, well, record-wise, yes. But the East, I, the East is very top-heavy yeah. at the moment. Because, like, again, though, if if you're looking at the West and just see who has to make the playoffs or who can make the playoffs, that's going to be very competitive. But the top of the East, though, is it better than the top of the West? Take Warriors out of the equation. Like that's a, I think that's a legitimate question. So I think it's going to be interesting when it comes down to the semifinals in the Eastern Conference. 
and I want to see the matchups because you know it could be Toronto versus 76ers. That's a good semifinals matchup. I think it's going to be Magic versus Pacers. Okay, <laughs> and then could it be Milwaukee? <laughs> could it be Milwaukee versus Boston Celtics again? That's a good that matchup because fu- I mean last year I know that the Celtics were missing Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, right. but last year the Bucks took the Celtics to seven, seven. games in the first round, yeah. and even the game that they played against each other on TNT last week. I don't think it was that big of a differential in points mm. in the end. Like the Bucks were in it the majority of the game. It's just the three point shooting killed yeah. them, and that's the, that's the, their the Celtics main made issue. the three point shots, and the Bucks just couldn't make the three point shots, which was which is out of the norm for the Bucks because they're shooting like forty percent from three on the season. Yeah, <laughs> right. An unsustainable clip, but any other team that's shooting forty percent aside from the Warriors probably isn't going to keep that up either. Right. I mean, yeah, but again, the Milwaukee gives up the most amount of threes. Yeah, and that's that's the main issue with their defense. Now, that, that's what Bud yeah. wants, though. That's what yeah. Coach Boonholzer wants like, them to do. Even though they are like worth more points and everyone's shooting them, they are the shot that's missed the most often. Right. So if you can get them to shoot more threes and at least play some defense on them to get them to miss, like you're gonna win games. I mean, and it, I, I guess it did work against the Warriors, but I think that was an off night for the Warriors. Yeah, but, but still, though, they you, missed, you, you, they you missed Steph Curry too. Yeah, who was who did go out? I with think the groin Dray- injury. Draymond was out too. Yeah, he didn't play, but it's it is interesting though because Milwaukee was able to stay with the Warriors, like switch everything mm-hmm. athletically. They were able to stay with them, so it is interesting to see that though. Like Milwaukee could, with the versatility of Milwaukee, they're gonna be good. It's just again though they didn't give up many threes to Steph Curry, which they did a good job on that. But I'm just interested, like, can they keep that up, like? I'm, I was surprised Steph didn't take more threes. Yeah, Clay Thompson didn't take a lot of threes. He took a lot of mid-range shots that game. So that's the reason why they won against the Warriors because they took mid-range shots mostly, and KD couldn't, for some odd reason, score that night a lot. So I want to see Warriors 100% healthy face the Bucks, and then I like, actually want to like see what they can do. But I, again, I just want to make my point again. Like It, it is interesting to t- kind of think about top four teams in the East – Take Warriors out versus the top four teams in the West, who is still very debatable at the moment. But because it's debatable, it's like that's kind of bad, isn't it? Like Houston right yeah. now is currently four and eight. That's not good. No, this is a team that was a game away from the finals a year ago before and, Chris Paul strained his hamstring. And because Melo's on the team now, they're struggling. Yeah, the Melo curse. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I I just think it's interesting to look at that. Unfortunately, the Warriors are going to be dominating the the West for another season. Yeah, and probably win another championship. But who yeah. knows after this season with Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson? Yeah, I don't. I don't see Clay leaving. I think he could. I think. I think he could consider the Lakers. Not gonna lie. I mean, he could consider them, but that'd be the perfect guy for LeBron. Though. Yeah, Clay Thompson would be the perfect guy next to next to LeBron. But yeah. I don't know. I just don't see Clay breaking it up with Steph though. A lot of people do want to see if he can have his own team. Now, I know if he goes to Lakers, it's not his team. But they want to see him more as, like, can he yeah, carry his own team? I know, but but I think he'd rather I disagree. Have, I don't think he can. No. I don't think he'd rather have championships with stuff and all that I guess. than trying to lead his own team and not winning games. I guess. Maybe not winning as many. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, I think he's, like, the perfect Scottie Pippen type of role for stuff. Yeah. Like, I think I think 
Not, not that Clay Thompson isn't a great player, but I do think that stuff really elevates Clay Thompson's game. Oh, definitely. Like, I don't yeah. think he'd be an 89 overall in 2K or whatever he is if it weren't for stuff. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It's He needs another shot creator to be alongside him yeah. for him to be effective because he only takes so many dribbles to score Yeah, like the game where he had the 14 three-pointers. We don't, need, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, he only took, like, 50-something dribbles that game, too. Compared to Derrick Rose's 50-point game, he took, like, 300-something dribbles. <laughs> Yeah, that might be a trivia question later on. So okay, I don't know exactly. Try and get, I'm, you know, while, while you're talking about the Bulls later on, I'm gonna be finding some trivia questions. Cause I didn't come into this with any. Well, we completely got off track. We weren't supposed to talk so much about the Warriors. Well, and... we needed something to talk about. That's true. All right, what we got next though? Uh, I had Tyson Chandler. Oh, that's right. And the Lakers. So. Uh, LeBron called up his old buddy James Jones, who is currently the interim <laughs> GM of the Suns, yep. and a uh, former teammate of LeBron, uh, used to hold the the modern day record, I should say, with LeBron for most consecutive finals appearances with seven, and then he retired and LeBron reached eight last year. Yeah, But James Jones... He was the backbone of those Heat and oh, Cavs teams. 100%. He, people think that LeBron led them to those finals appearances. James Jones did, let's be real here. Most important guy on the team. Yeah, most important guy. They, call, they used to call him JJ because his initials are JJ. JJ. <laughs> <laughs> so, so LeBron called him up and was all like, hey. We need a center. Like, hey, I know that a buyout season is uh, typically in – uh, late February, March. Yeah, yeah, late February, March, and you guys need a, someone to mentor DeAndre Ayton over there. But uh, we kind of need a center that isn't Avitsa Zubats or Javale McGee in here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you could reach a buyout agreement with Ch- uh, Tyson Chandler, who I almost just called Chandler Parsons, <laughs> uh, send him on over to the Lakers, okay, bud? And uh, and James Jones is like, all right, Braun, got you, got you, boo. Definitely. <laughs> and uh, they reached a buyout agreement. But uh, as as the president would say, no collusion, no collusion. <laughs> Even though there definitely was there between oh, LeBron there and James Jones. Oh, that. Oh, 100%. There definitely was. <laughs> I was. I was just shocked to hear a buyout this early anyway. I'm just like, what? There's a buyout already? Okay, I guess. Yeah, sure. I didn't really think about it. That that was weird until after Tyson Chandler's first game of the league. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, the Suns bought him out. They didn't trade him to the Lakers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so basically... LeBron just called up James Jones just to ask him, can he save our season because we don't have a backup center currently and we need a center that could hold down the second unit for us while not on the floor. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, Tyson Chandler ended up uh, winning the game for the Lakers in his debut. He had a, a back few, tap. Key, few key yeah. rebounds and a few back taps that he's good at, which I hate back taps. Just grab the ball. Yeah. This isn't volleyball. <laughs> this is basketball. And I know the two sports are related. Quick history lesson if you didn't know, volleyball was invented four years after basketball in 1895 okay. for middle-aged men who could not keep up with the fast pace of basketball. Yay. <laughs> so both are from Springfield, Massachusetts, if you didn't know. So short history lesson on, <laughs> on volleyball there. So... Volleyball now is more generally a sport for high school girls, but back in the day, it was for middle-aged men like our dads. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, Tyson Chandler's on the Lakers. I think he's been doing a 
good job the one or two games he's played there so far. Yeah, currently three points, nine rebounds for the Lakers. Woo! But, but uh, that's his big, impact but, goes beyond the box oh yeah, score. But like that, that's big though, because the Lakers they needed that they needed that guy in the second unit that's at least seven foot tall. Yeah, and, and not run Kuzma at the five, who's now starting. So yeah, Kuzma's not a five. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Tyson Chan with plus eleven so far in the game uh, against the Kings. Right it's now, still going on. Yeah. What's the score? Seventy nine sixty five. Fourth quarter, Lakers. That's a really low score. Yeah. So I mean that it, it is sounds re- like my type of game. Yeah, <laughs> defense. But I mean, with they can't run Kuzma at the five. I I, I could not believe they even thought about that. But I no. I did. I, that was a horrible idea. I think just put LeBron at the five. Yeah, but like again though, LeBron defense. I know, but like Kuzma's gonna be any better at guarding fives than LeBron. True, very true. So that this is this is absolutely what the Lakers needed though. They needed a guy who can at least defend the paint <laughs> for the yeah. second unit. And good job, LeBron, I guess. <laughs> or, I mean, Magic Johnson deserves some credit, right? Yeah, I guess so. But, uh, yeah. 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 Tyson Chandler seems happy in L.A. He put a thing on Instagram saying how happy he was to be playing for the Lakers. I mean, I guess it's better than Phoenix right now. Yeah. Phoenix is what? I have no idea why they even signed him to that, like, four years, 54. To mentor the young guys. Yeah, but that was, like, three years ago. Like, I got that they had just come off of a 48-win season, but, like, it you, is, still, it did, is a good you still didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Were they coming up? Was it that season or the season after where they won, like, 35 games? I don't remember. No. Either way, though, for Phoenix, it no. wasn't a great move. No, no, it was the year after. It was when they won 35 games. Because Tyson Chandler was and in they, Dallas Yeah, it was a, he was in Dallas. Again. Of, yeah, for the second time. Because he got traded with for uh, Raymond Felton, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And because uh, the Knicks needed to clear cap space. Yeah, and that because that was like when the salary cap had like first taken a tiny bump, I think. Yeah. And then Tyson Chandler yeah. got, they got the big deal in that yeah. big splash free agency. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and then and that was because that was Devin Booker's uh, rookie, rookie season. Yeah. I remember that because, again, I was in Florida when something in the NBA <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, again, Lakers, good job, I guess. Yeah. I I, I, get, I, I don't really know, though, like, because it's obviously not, it's not like, it's not like they got a star, but it's it's what they needed. Like, that was a major hole. Mm-hmm. So, at least they got now another defender who can get the rebounds and protect the paint, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's not in his prime anymore, so. But he's still a big dude, and that's all that matters. What else we got? Um, I don't really have anything written down other than a. Uh, oh yeah, rocket struggles. I forgot. Oh, the rocket struggling and Melo's future. Yeah, Woj sent out a tweet about an hour ago. Yeah, this is what the the score article that says written by Chris Walder that was written an hour ago says. The first sentence, Carmelo Anthony is undoubtedly playing the worst basketball of his 16-year career, which has put the, the Houston Rockets in quite the bind. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of not, though, because I can kind of figure this was coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like we said earlier, Mel is kind of a curse. Yeah. OKC is clearly doing better without him. <laughs> Shout out to Sam Presti, though, for making that trade and getting Dennis Schroeder. That was a great trade for the Thunder. Seriously. Um, but 
Really a good trade for both sides, I think, with the Hawks and Thunder. But we're not going to get into that now. Yeah. We're talking about the Rockets. Yeah. yeah. But, I'm a master at getting distracted. <laughs> but the Rockets, though, they're struggling mightily at the moment. And I think people are really starting to realize that how a lot of people have said that a reason about Mute gone, yeah. that's going to be a humongous impact. Yeah, that was a humongous impact. Like, I knew it was going to be a big impact, but I didn't. I, not in my wildest dreams, I think it would be like this big of an impact losing Ariza and Mbaa um, Amute. Right. Like, I had no idea they were that valuable to the team. Well, if you think about it, like, not just defensively, but depth wise, they don't have much depth no. anymore. And Mike D'Antoni was doing a good job in the middle of the season of running nine guys, and it yeah. wasn't taxing Harden and Paul a ton. Now, if you look at it, he's running eight guys. Because that's all he that's all he has. Eric Gordon is the main guy off the bench, and he's averaging like thirty minutes, basically starter minutes off the bench. And mm-hmm. Harden and CP3 are go, both going thirty five plus a night, and they both kind of struggled tonight. They both shot like thirty percent. So I mean, Harden's not gonna have another MVP type year, I don't think. No, especially now. I know he has been injured, hamstring ish, issue, but like, still, even last year when both Harden and CP3 missed considerable time. They were both able to lead their, their team yeah. to wins, and it was either CP3 or Harden running the show, and they were able to do that. But this year, it's not happening. I I think teams last year the switch defense was really effective, but mm-hmm. again, those because you had Ariza and Bahamut who could switch on to basically four four positions, but that was very effective last year. Teams have figured it out this year. They're like it's, it's very simple. Whatever whichever big men you have in the game. It's just basically run a curl action. They switch it. Harden's on whoever. Anthony Davis. Throw it down Anthony Davis. Yeah. It's a bucket. Mm-hmm. So their defense is one of the, is really at the bottom right now, and it doesn't really help that their offense has not done anything either, especially them missing a lot of threes and Harden missing 13 threes, I think, tonight. So mm-hmm. it, it's a big issue right now for the Rockets, and I don't see them at all being – like, I know it's early, but I don't really see him at all being a contender this year. I think it's Warriors dominating this entire year, including the playoffs. Yeah, I am interested to see Denver though face the Warriors. Yeah, I'm surprised they've been this good. You know, I said they make the playoffs. I did not think they could be this good. No, I didn't think they'd be like second, third seed type of team. I thought it, they would be around like fifth to sixth. Yeah, I mean, but should have made the playoffs with last Denver, year. Denver though, it's like if they play defense. They will win every yes. game. Because they just destroy everybody offensively. Yeah, they have so many weapons on the offensive side of the floor. It's it's just if... Yeah, like Jamal Murray play. just scored 48. Yeah. Should have had 50. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, but, and Jokic just had 30 and, and 20 the other game, the other day. And like that, if they can just play some defense, and Jokic can, if he has the stamina to play a lot of minutes, they're, they're going to be really good. Yeah. Um, but again, though, it's comes down to defense, which Mike Malone has done a great job having them play good defense so far this year. And they're still miss, they're missing Will Barton right now. That too, yeah. Yeah. So they're they're playing fantastic. He got hurt like first second game of the season, didn't yeah, he? Unfortunately. Yeah. After signing that contract mm-hmm. extension, man. Um, but again, if I mean I don't think he's got any issue fitting right back into no. that system. That, that no. that's gonna be perfect. Um but again the Rockets not very good so far. Um I don't, I, I'm very interested to see what they do because, you know, they offer the four first-round picks to Minnesota. What else are they going to do? Are they going to offer that to some other team? 
for some other star. I don't know who they're uh, going to go yeah, get, though. There's no one else really available right now. Yeah. But, I mean, they could offer to somebody and maybe move some pieces, yeah. get Not, some more depth yeah. in their lineup. Not that this would really do anything, but uh, tr- trade for Kevin Love. That actually would be a, a decent idea. Yeah. That I, would be kind of decent, but, like, I don't... That doesn't help them on defense where they need help. Right, right. <laughs> but I think he would fit in perfectly offensively on that oh, yeah. team. Plenty of threes. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, you brought it up earlier... CP3, man, it's starting to catch up with them. Yeah, the injuries. I, we are talking about a little bit before we started the podcast, but one, he has gotten another year older. Yeah. And he's just had so many injuries the last, like, five years or so. Mm. And I think it might start to be ca- catch up with him now because he has not been that great this year. Yeah. I think he said tonight he shot, like, three for 14, something really bad It, like it just that. wasn't good. That I'll pull it up. So the Rockets lost against San Antonio tonight. With DeMar DeRozan struggling, he only had 13 points. Um, his final score is 96-89. Uh, um, so for Houston, though, it just wasn't good. First off, James Ennis, their starting power forward, only had one point tonight. Oof. Uh, Chris Paul shot four for 13 tonight. He only he, he made two or three from three-point range. But again, four for 13, a minus 12. 40 minutes, only four assists. James Harden at 25, but against mostly off free throws. Seven for 27. That's 26% from the field. That's that's horrible. Made 10 free throws, shot 13, and shot one from 13 from three-point range. So if the yeah, threes aren't not good. threes are, are dropping, that's not good. And then Eric Gorn, who was the other guy who really scored tonight, 23 points, but 10 for 26 from the field. He shot more than CP3 did. That's only 39%. Shot three for fourteen from three point range. That's twenty one percent. And again, though, got a math in your head. No, I'm not. <laughs> you just did that in your head. I couldn't do that. It's on the score. Oh, this shows the percentage. Oh. No. <laughs> I didn't know it was on. No, there. I'm not that. I'm not that much of a genius. But issue. Like, nice job. Wow. Issue. <laughs> issue here is this. PJ Tucker three points tonight. Only three shots. Clickapella had twelve tonight. Only nine shots. He had seventeen rebounds though. Um, and then this guy that we just talked about, Gary Clark, who we didn't really know. Yeah, who, I had no idea didn't know who his he existence was. until tonight. Had eight points, but only shot four times. So again, it's Harden, Eric Gordon, and CP3 taking the bulk of the shots, but they're not making them. And they don't have a reason to depend on to you know make that corner three and defend the main guy. Yeah. Same thing with. Umba Amute, like he could, he could make a three pointer. Probably not going to shoot lights out from three, but defense. great defensively. Yeah, has he played for the Clippers yet? Because I know he went back to them. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Clippers won today, by the way. Yeah, Great oh, game winner from Lou Will in yeah. overtime against the Bucks. Um, one twenty, one twenty six. I don't know. I don't see Umba Amute. Um, I thought he was on the Clippers. Yeah, he didn't. Oh, he's injured currently. Oh, he okay. has played four games so far this season. Um, averaging five points. But, All right. Yeah, he's currently injured with a sore left knee. It's just same same as Mozgov. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, back to the Rockets for a little bit again. I think this is like the fifth straight or like fourth and five games where they haven't scored over a hundred points. That's an issue. Yeah, especially for a team that's supposed to be making three pointers. Because if you're not scoring over a hundred points a game. 
in your team that makes three pointers, it probably means they're not making them, which they haven't been. Right. And when that's the bulk of your offense, you're not making shots anywhere else. Mm. You're not going to win games. Right. And now with Melo questioning his role. Yeah. Man. I mean, if he gets if he gets benching after run seven guys, <laughs> I know, right? Oh man, it'll be like my sixth grade basketball team when he only had seven guys on I mean, the whole Mel, team. Mel didn't play tonight due to illness, but it it, it just like what's he gonna do? There was yeah, there was, I mean, unless he gets hot, which I don't really see that anymore. No, it's just like this isn't this isn't uh, like summer run mellow with the like black ops or Drew yeah. League. It, like the Rockets, they lost. They lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder without Russell Westbrook, and they only scored eighty points that game. And granted, OKC is a good defensive team. They don't have Robertson though, who is their main defensive guy. Paul George just has an issue with his left foot currently, and granted, he played well that game. And then you know, it was that that's some weird injury. Yeah, like, it has some weird name, um, but. And Schroeder's starting called. a point guard, so you know it's not as much of a dip, but it's still though. I'm just like, Russ wasn't playing that game, and when I watched that, I watched the entire game, and I was just shocked how bad the Rockets just look. They mm-hmm. not, they're not competing on on defense. They the offense. I don't even know what it is anymore. It's like last year it was more like you know pick and roll, and they were able to do a good job getting guys open, swinging the ball. <laughs> This year, it's not even pick and roll. It's just ISO. And if you force Harden to ISO, that's almost a win. If you don't allow him to get into the paint. Yeah. Like that's, a, that's a win. So it, it was just so interesting. Just hard to watch them not score the ball and struggle to figure out how they get shots. And this is under a D'Antoni system. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, it's just inc- weird to see, but credit to Oklahoma City Thunder, who have been playing great. But it's just like I was just shocked to see that, and OKC is a definitely definitely different team this year. They're playing up yeah. and down, so uh, I don't know. It, Rockets, I'm sorry, this is not looking good. Yeah. Well, uh, do you want to complain about the Bulls for a bit? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um. So Bulls, Bulls time. won today, 99, 98 against Cleveland Cavaliers. In my head, it's almost a loss though, because. Cavs are really struggling, and we almost lost to them. Yeah, um, it was one point, I think, right? Yeah, 99-98. Um, Zach Levine went off for 24 points, and thank God he was on the court. Um, but, again, though, Bulls should have won by a lot more because Cavs struggle, are struggling. They have nobody, and Kevin Love is out. So it's just it's kind of a disappointment, in my opinion. We got the W. That's all that matters. Um the major, I guess, headline from the game was that Cameron Payne has been benched. Yeah, that's um, good. Reiner Shadiakinov, guys, first career start um, for the Chicago Bulls. If you don't know who that guy is, Villanova product, won a championship with Villanova. In 2016? Yeah, yeah 2016. Yep. Um, and he played for the – he was one of the two-way uh, players for the Bulls last year. Was, played for the – Windy City Bulls and the Chicago Bulls last year, split time. Um, he got a one-year deal to come back this year. It was more of like a training camp deal. Is It's not fully guaranteed until December, I think, or mm-hmm. January. So, But he made the team, and thank God he did. <laughs> uh, first career start tonight, 15 points. Shot very efficiently from the field, 6 for 8. 
plus 11. Played very good defense against Colin Sexton, who, granted, he had a good game, but Ryan Oshidiakno read the Sky Report. Colin Sexton is not a good three-point shooter. Yeah. And he did a great job of going under the pick and making him shoot the ball. And that, that was a great job by Arch Diakno. Yeah, Cavs, Cavs veterans. Uh, they literally hit hit Colin Sexton with the, you don't know how to play basketball, bro. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense in my opinion. Because you guys, the vets are the ones losing the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, back to yeah. the Bulls. So, good, great job by Arch Diakno tonight. And also, uh, Cameron Payton didn't come off the bench either. He got completely benched. He got DNP, CD tonight. Uh, Shaq Harrison, Shaquille Harrison. Uh, came off the bench, and I'd say he had a decent game. Um, the one thing that Cameron Payne does not bring to the Bulls is defense, and Archie Diakno and Shaq Harrison both bring defense t- to the to the game, and um, both of them played good defense tonight. Shaq Harrison had three steals, I believe. Um, but you just you just see the Bulls are a different team when either Archie Diakno or Shaq Harrison's on the floor because, one, they push pace. They push the tempo mm-hmm. very well. And that was another thing Cameron Payne did not do is push the push the ball off a rebound or anything like that. And they get the guys in their sets very well, too. Yeah. And that's something else that Cameron Payne, as a point guard, did not do very well. Um, and I was very happy to see in the first half, kind of in the second half, um, Bulls were in their sets good amount mm-hmm. of time, pushing the pace because both Archie Diakno and Harrison were pushing the ball and Bulls were getting buckets. Um, unfortunately with Cameron Payne, though, John Paxson uh, said he was the point guard of the future before yeah. Chris Dunn got here. Uh, that's not looking too good <laughs> right now. Um, I don't, I don't want to be, like, really going after campaign, but, like, it has not been good. He had that one good game against the Hornets. He had 21 points. He made seven threes. And sorry, after that game, though, sorry. after <laughs> that game, though, it was just horrible. For it's been horrible for him. Um, I'm not. It, I'd rather have Levine run point instead of Cameron Payne run point, and that's kind of an issue in my opinion. Don't get me wrong. Zach Levine can run point, but when your point guard should be running the point guard position. But instead, is more effective off ball and really not having the ball in his hands. That's an issue. Um, and I was very disappointed to see Cameron Payne be so inconsistent these past few games. Um, but now with him not playing, you could just see the Bulls are definitely a better team. And it's kind of unfortunate to say that. Uh, it, the thing with campaign is with his inconsistency. You know, he'll make a good play. And then also come back with two turnovers. He'll make yeah. a good play, throw the ball out of bounds, take a bad shot, and that's another thing with campaign. His IQ is not there right now. He's just he has bad IQ. You know, fast break, three on two, he takes a pull up three. That that can't happen. You need to get a layup from that. Um, so that's what Archie Diakno and, and Harrison bring to the Bulls. Also, is that make the right play. Don't do anything flashy. Don't take the big three. Yeah. Make the right play, make the right pass, make the right extra pass. That's what the Bulls need with Chris Dunn not being out there right now. And that's what campaign has unfortunately not done. And he's had many chances, but instead he got benched to a G-leaguer tonight. Yeah. Um, so 
Good job by Fred Hoiberg. Seeing that, Ooh. and he finally made the change. Go Fred. I'm still kind of skeptical with Fred right now, though. Um, but he noticed it probably from Instagram posts because a lot of Instagram <laughs> posts said fire Hoiberg if he starts one more game with campaign at <laughs> point guard. Uh, so <laughs> he listened to Instagram and he made the decision. <laughs> Good job, Fred Hoiberg and everybody else saying start Archidiakno now and good job Archidiakno with playing well tonight he had five fouls but those were good fouls in my opinion um Bulls win woohoo yeah um but oh my gosh it was a close one tonight yeah um do you have anything else to talk about? I do. Just one random thing. I'm trying to come up with one more yeah, trivia I'm, question. I'm kind of stalling for David right now. Yeah. But I just looked at the score, uh, and apparently, if you're not aware, the California wildfires are getting really bad at the moment. Um, they're going right now. And Kevin Garnett posted right. something on Instagram today. And it's just it's just insane out there. He was, he was right there watching it live. He saw planes come down, and throw all that dust on there or whatever it is yeah um and it's insane but they're deadly wildfires are right now hitting california and apparently smoke from the forest fires was inside the king's arena today it was visible so i don't know we may david and we may go look at that right now because they're playing but it's been the it's actually uh the deadliest uh wildfire in california history now that's unfortunate i mean i when i was getting home from Popeyes uh, this night. Uh, I think it, I got a little, said there's like 25 people that have died so far. Yeah, that's and so two, sad. And 200,000 people have been forced to evacuate their homes. Yeah, that's really sad. No, um, different uh, NBA related wildfire tidbit from California. Like a year or two ago, uh, Andre Karolenko, who spent the majority of his career at the Utah Jazz and spent some time with the Timberwolves and Nets as well as in his career. Uh, his home at, in California had actually gotten destroyed by uh, the wildfires like two years ago. Oh. So, it's just yeah. interesting tidbit. Yeah, just everybody be safe. Fire yeah. is no joke. Um, and our thoughts go out to the people being affected right now by the fires. Um, it, it, it's, it's really weird to also think like smoke inside of an arena. Like, yeah. I'm surprised you're still pl- kind of playing right now, but they're playing. Yeah, like, I know there was one time, like, back in the 90s or something like that, where the Spurs had, like, pregame fireworks for their intros and stuff. Oh, yeah, And that I caused the sprinklers that. to go off. Yeah. And, like, there's smoke in the arena, but, like, like this is, like, a real, like, a real fire. Like I mean, I hope I hope the fire doesn't reach Sacramento and yeah. get to that area. And Where did it start, the fire? Do you I'm, know? I'm never, I'm never 100% sure. Okay, because it seems like every week there's a... Unfortunately, but... There's a forest fire. Yeah. I don't know if this is true or not, but I did hear that it was from a bonfire that just got out of control. So, but because it's so dry yeah. out there, yeah, it just it so sparks. Dry. Yeah. So, but enough about fires. Um, again, though, it's unfortunate, and hope everybody's safe out there in California. Um, as David is still stall, and he still I, I'm needs almost, me to stall. I'm almost, I'm almost finished. <laughs> um, checking in back on the LA versus Sacramento game is currently 91 to 79 against um, Lakers, uh, with 3:36 left in the fourth quarter. Looks like Lakers going to take this game, um, but I do want to talk about the Sacramento Kings. All right, let's um, talk about the Kings. They're doing a great job. Um, 
Dave yeah. Eagerson has finally figured out a way to run the offense for them. And oh, I, De- heard, I heard my name. I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> no. De'Aaron Fox has 21 points tonight. He only has three assists, but um, you know he could be up for most improved if they have a, if they have a good record. But I think Zach Levine has that right now. But De'Aaron Fox has done a great job this season at getting guys involved, getting the guys in their sets, pushing the tempo. And also being able to take that shot at the end of games and be a shot creator. I don't know what that was, but... Um, my house has been making noises. Yeah. Um, but Darren Fox is leading the Kings, and unfortunately it looks like they're taking out tonight, but they've done a great job. And, you know, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but... Yeah, you're Sacramento. The playoffs, but you're going the right direction. Yeah. That's all that matters. Which right is... Now. Which you can probably say for the first time in, like... 12, 14 years ish. Yeah, even with Boogie Cousins there, but like it, it just wasn't yeah. going up with Boogie. Yeah, like since that, like I, like obviously said like earlier, the 2010 11 season, the first thing, like I really started following basketball, but like I actually like cared, I would say, probably about like 2007 or 8. Mm-hmm. And the Kings are the only team that has not made the playoffs at any point since I started like caring <laughs> about basketball. Yeah. It's, All twenty nine other teams except them. Yeah. If the Timberwolves didn't make the playoffs last year, it would have been two. <laughs> they barely yeah. scraped by after winning in overtime against the oh Nuggets. Oh my gosh! Yeah, crazy yeah. game. So uh, trivia. Here we go. Oh, I'm gonna fail. Okay, I guess we could do that before a uh, magic talk. Bro, I gotta get I don't home. Ha- I don't have a whole lot to say. About I gotta get the home. Ma- my mom's gonna yell at me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot to say about the magic anyway. But uh, so question one. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, how many dribbles did Derrick Rose take in oh his 50-point game on Halloween? Jalen Rose sent out a tweet about it, which is the only reason this is even a question, because I do not care how many dribbles somebody took in a game to score okay. however many points. Was it actually in the 300s, though, or was no, that wrong? No, it was wrong? Well, well above 300s. Okay, it was, it was in the 500s, then. No. What? This is oh above my God. that, too. Okay, 600s, then. It's in the 600s. <laughs> 671... A little, little bit lower. A little bit lower. Okay. Wow. I'm surprised he took 600 dribbles. Oh, my I God. Know. <laughs> okay. Um, six. Fifty-three. Yes. Actually? Yeah. What? Six fifty-three. <laughs> I'm right. about to do some uh, quick math here. Let's see. Uh, 653 by, by 2.1. So uh, for uh, each uh, dollar, uh, each dribble, he made a... $310. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> I see, yeah. Because uh, he's on a $2.1 million. million dollar contract. So yeah. each, each, for each dribble he took, he earned $310 million. And uh, for Clay's 56 that he had against doubles and broke the three-point record. Oh my god. 14. I didn't want to talk about it much because Duncan doesn't want to talk about it since it happened against his Bulls, but... <sighs> It had to be mentioned. See, this is the reason why I'm upset with Hoiberg, because he didn't double-team Clay Thompson yeah. that night, and yeah, I Clay, don't know why. Clay took 56 dribbles for his 52. That's insane. And I think he had 11 dribbles for, like, the 60 he got a few years back. Something crazy like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 11 dribbles. Uh, Jimmy Butler, how many days did he spend as a Timberwolf? You have any guesses? Oh, my gosh. Okay. He, like, oh, Wow. Okay, so we gotta think back to draft night. Yeah, draft night was June twenty second on in twenty seventeen. Okay, so 
He didn't even make a whole year, did he? No, he lasted more than a year. Wait, 20... Oh, my bad. Yeah, I'm not thinking right. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking 2018. Yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> he didn't last... He lasted a few months. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he lasted um, like five games. <laughs> I forget. I'm surprised it's just even November at this point. I'm me sorry. T- me too. This year's going by fast. Yeah. Um. So... Every year goes by faster. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I got to do some math. Every so year just goes by faster and faster. Soon I'm going to be plus. dead. Okay, let's add like 180 to that, I guess. So, you know, around there. Yeah, around so like there. around 500 and... Oof. It's in the 500s. Five... Let's just start with this. 545. A little bit lower than that. Still in the 500s, though. Okay. Creep, it, ju- it just creeps up into the 500s. Oh. Actually, that makes sense. Okay. so like, I did the math. <laughs> That's okay. why it took me so long. <laughs> so, like, 517-ish? A little low, lower. lower. Than that. Still oh. lower than that. Okay, Still 508. Lower. 507. Damn it. Okay. 507. So, uh, so far this year, there have been four 50-point games coming from somebody... Okay. Um, people, yeah. people who I can't come up with right now. <laughs> Derek Rose, <laughs> yeah, Der- Clay Der- Thompson, Derek Rose, Clay Thompson, and uh, two other people I'm not coming up with right now. Uh, Steph, yeah, Steph was the fourth. Should oh. be a trivia question for yeah, me. Yeah, should be a trivia. <laughs> Four <laughs> players have scored fifty points this year. Oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> who was the other person? All I can think of was Jamal Murray, and he didn't. No, he got forty-eight. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh. Shoot. Um, wow, we're crazy. Let's uh, click uh, back on here. 50-point uh, games, NBA. We'll get to the question eventually. Dang it. What What the heck? <laughs> well, All right, let's, call, like... let's call with this first. Who scored 50 points this year? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who has? I don't think, Katie didn't get it yet this year because he scored like 40-something. No, and he had the 25 and one quarter against the Knicks. Right. Oh, oh Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Blake Griffin. That's who scored the 50. So it's Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Blake Griffin, and Derrick Rose who have scored 50 points in a game this year. Yeah. Last year, how oh, many 50-point games were there? James Harden was the only one to eclipse 60. That's a clue right there. James Harden. Oh. Was there, there, was, was there only one? No, okay, he was the only 60-point game last year. Okay, because I'm pretty sure Anthony Davis had one. No. He didn't? Oh, okay. No, no, I'm telling you that he did. I'm telling you he did. Like, I was just agreeing with, like, no, there was more than than one last year. Okay. How many were there last year? Yeah. Um, James Harden's the the clue I just came up with when I, said his, when I said his name. I was like, oh, yeah, that could be a clue if you think about it a little bit. I don't remember how many he had though. I think he had like five. Oh, what's on his what's on his body? Oh, he's thirteen. He, okay, yeah. thirteen. Oh my gosh, thirteen fifty-point games last year. Well, I think the league's on pace to yeah, break league's that. Yeah, league's on pace right now to break that. So that's all the three trivia questions I got today. Mm. Um, I can't think of anything on the fly right now. So yeah, yeah. real quick, I guess I'll. Uh, talk about the magic yeah close this uh, out because i gotta get home yeah before this uh game against the clippers a week ago uh aaron gordon only took five shots which that's cannot, an issue which cannot happen if you're giving a guy that type of money right i think like four or 76 million and he's supposed to be your star player and 
supposed to be an all-star, I hope, this year. But since then, he's been averaging, I want to, I think they put up a stat last night. I don't know what it is after last night's uh, win against the Wizards. But in the three or four games after that, he was averaging something like 21 points, I want to say. Oh, we didn't talk about the Wizards, did we? No. I don't think we even need to talk about no, them. They're everyone, just trash. Every, everyone knows they suck. Yeah. <laughs> Although right, they, did, they, did, they did win tonight against the Heat, though. So I think they have three wins now. Still, they're just... Ugh. Yeah, but I think Aaron's having 21, 10, and a few assists per game on like 44% shooting from three. And he had a huge game against the Spurs after he'd been in a kind of a shooting slump. He made three of four three-pointers against them. And uh, had a, his first uh, really flashy dunk of the year, I'd say, against... I can't think of who it was. Against the Cavs? No, it was Wednesday night. Who they play Wednesday? I don't know. It doesn't matter who they played. He had his first really like flashy dunk of the year. Alley oop. Did the one hand slam with the mailman pose yeah. on the alley oop, which kind of got overshadowed by LeBron's dunk that he does every game, but for whatever reason, it was cool that night. Detroit, that's what he did against. Yeah, against Detroit, that's who we're playing. We lost that game. We shouldn't have lost that game. The bench blew two, blew, uh, two separate 10 point leads, which I'll get into. Uh, after Aaron Gordon's <laughs> dunk. No, it's kind of overshadowed by Donovan Mitchell and uh, Sabonis and LeBron's dunks okay. that night. So Mitchell had a great dunk. Yeah, that was Mitchell's dunk great was great. Dunk. Both both Mitchell's and Sabonis's were great, but Aaron's yeah. is better. But uh, against the Pistons, though, we had a pretty considerable lead when the starters got taken out. Then all of a sudden, the Pistons go on a 17-0 run and take the lead back, which was... Uh, Highlight of that run was a banked-in three-pointer at the end of the first quarter by Andre Drummond, who's made, like, what, five three-pointers his whole career? Yeah. That being, like, number six. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course that happens against the Magic. So, Bench blows that lead. Starters come back in. We get the lead back, plus ten. Bench comes in, blows the lead again. Pretty much everyone on the bench was in the plus-minuses, negative 20, except Mo Bamba, who was negative 16. And uh, new coach Steve Clifford was not afraid to call out the Magic bench after the game. Very ex- when he was asked about it, he just he was pretty much speechless. He was like, "The bench tonight was wow. Uh, they were bad. Pretty much was what he said." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, next next day, um, Terrence Ross, who I think is a underrated player stats don't necessarily show the shooting numbers he's only shooting like 40 percent but that's because of a lot of the shots he takes are three-pointers but he has been automatic from mid-range so far this year um he's kind of i would say he's the team leader for sure um because yeah because he's young guys you got he's he's like he's like the main vet on the team he took the bench into like not just like a players only meeting, but like a bench only meeting, and gave them a whole speech about how they needed to play better. Because Ross is the only one that played good from the bench that game against the Pistons, and they came out last night against the Wizards. And yeah, uh, just to give you an idea, the bench had 18 points that game. Ross had 15 points. Yeah, <laughs> Ross had 15 of the 18 points. <laughs> so, but the bench came oh, wait, out. No. Wait, I'm sorry. Oh, it was 20 points. Never mind. Still, 15 yeah. of the 20 points. That's 75%. I can do math in my head. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Ross came out, gave him that speech. Then the bench came in against the Wizards. Jerry and Grant shot 5 of 5 from the field. Looked like a competent backup point guard in the NBA. And Mo Bamba, who only scored two points the night before, uh, had a career-high 15 last night and shot 6 of 7 from the field. Only shot that he missed was a layup that got blocked. 
but he got it right back and got two points for the next shot he made in that game. And uh, Aaron Gordon had 16 in the first half, but only scored uh, four in the second, so probably shouldn't be scoring four points in one half. Probably should get on the ball more, but I don't care the Magic one, but... Magic still blew, almost blew a 25-point lead to the Wizards. They cut it down to one before DJ Augustine came up clutch. And uh, pretty much where we're at right now. Um, so far this season, the Magic are uh, at 5-7. And, seven, and uh, depending on how the Nets have done tonight, sit either a game out of a playoff spot or tied for a playoff spot at number 8 in the East, I think. And the Nets lost tonight to the, yeah, the Nets Golden lost State Warriors. To the Warriors. <laughs> so I mean, like, if you look at the standings, like, I don't want to like get overly optimistic about the Magic, but I mean, they do have a legitimate shot at the playoffs. Well, you could say that a lot about a lot of teams in the yeah, East. Yeah, like you could like, say that about like the other teams the Bulls, in the East as well. The Bulls are only a game, or if you wait, yeah, if you count tonight, that'd be like a game and a half out now. Yeah. So, I mean. Any team, like really, you can if uh, if New York had Porzingis, they they'd be in. They would be better, but who knows when he's coming back? And but unfortunately, because Washington has been so horrible this year, you open up in our spot. Yeah, and I, I had Washington in the playoffs. So yeah, because like it seems like every other year they're good, and for whatever reason they didn't follow that this year and they got worse. Yeah, so far. But I mean, like right now, like the Magic sit half a game out. Yeah, and they're above. The Heat, Bulls, Knicks, Hawks, Wizards, and Cavs. I don't think... And I only discount the Bulls from the playoff race because of the injuries, and by the time everyone's back and healthy again, I don't know if it'll be enough games late down the stretch to have those like one or two extra wins that you need to get into the playoffs. Okay, I I, I agree with that. I also... like. Lari should be back soon. He's supposed to be back in like two or three weeks. Right. But there have been like some losses so far this year where like you probably you might have won had you had oh, marketing. Yeah. I so, mean we could have easily won against the Rockets if we had marketing. We only lost by six or eight. Yeah. So like if you look at the teams around them, you got the Hornets, Nets. Ooh, oh my god, Kemba needs help. Yeah, I'm you got sorry, the, Kemba. Yeah, you got the Hor- the I guess Pistons if you really want to go like six and five. So you got Well the, just just look at players. I think Pistons are gonna have to get in now. Like that's yeah. how bad the East yeah, like, is. They need once, to, like they're I think after the, Pistons, the top five, it's just horrible. Right? Yeah, like the Pistons could get in, but I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't, because it's pretty much the same roster as last year. So you got the Pistons, Hornets, Nets above them, and you got the Heat, Bulls, and Knicks below them. Knicks, I don't think, are getting in. I don't think they were getting in no. anyway with Porzingis. Right. Now with Washington below them, it's... Yeah, and with Washington, that opens up a spot. Like yeah. Bulls, I just said, I don't know, because they've missed those guys with injury, that they might not have those one or two extra wins that might separate them from an eighth spot in the East. And then maybe the Heat, who knows how well they're going to do, because they seem to really vary year to year on how well they're going to do. Yeah. And so then the Magic are in that ninth spot with the Nets, who historically have been bad but are have been getting better each year. Yeah, they're definitely de- they're definitely better this year. I mean, Karis LeVert has done very well this yeah, year. Yeah, he's been a breakout player, I would say. Yeah. So that Both leaves, sides of the ball, too. So that leaves four teams fighting for, I would say, the last two spots, being the Hornets, Nets, Magic, and Heat there. And with the way that, like, you could really – see the improvement the last like five or so games from the magic surprisingly without jonathan isaac so like when he gets back i think it gets probably even better for them so 
like they've won three of their last four, I want to say, the Magic. They won three of their last four after going on a four-game losing streak to get us to five and seven. Hmm. So well, The Bulls have won two of their last three. So. Yeah, they have. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't think know. I think it really comes down to who has the better schedule now. Because yeah. If you because the ma- the Magic did start out with a tough schedule, right? So I will agree with that. Through our first ten, we were four and six, which I was not happy necessarily with some of the results because we got blown out against the Hornets and the Bucks. Bucks expected. Then if you have, I don't. You don't have any reason to probably follow the Magic if you're an average NBA fan. But we haven't won against the Hornets in four years, so I wasn't surprised that we lost to the Hornets there. <laughs> So, I mean, I, mean, it's I think it really just, just depends on the schedule. It, I, the thing that will be tough, though, is the Magic have the two games in Mexico this year, which count as home games, right. but they're really like away games for both teams. Yeah, Bulls have that, too. Which, yeah, the Bulls play one game against the Magic in Mexico as well, but that's going to count as an away game, mm-hmm. which it already is. So you guys will have next, those home games. So I am a little worried about how that might play out with the Magic and just like rest and stuff and like being able to be at home and sleep in your own bed because that does have an effect. Oh yeah. So um the Bulls are kind of in a bad spot though cuz they have to face the 76ers now three more times in the season. I know that for a fact. They have already played the Warriors once, thank God. Um <laughs> Get it out of the way. Yeah, but now the next one's on the road, so oof. I mean because if you if you look at the Bulls' losses though, it's like they're in every single game except for the Warriors game. We're not gonna talk about that though. So if you have marketing and you have done, I think you win a, at least half those games that you've lost. Um, but I mean, you you you're right that because you've, we've taken some of those L's that it, it is it it's gonna affect you know when it comes down to those last couple of games. Um, I don't really know the rest of the other team schedules. Nets. Hornets and then yeah. um, Miami, um, but right now I'm probably gonna have to go with Miami to make that eight spot. Yeah. If we're gonna, like, I think Charlotte just gets in because of Kemba, um, but I might have to go with Miami with that eight spot just due to the fact of Eric Spolstra and then they have more veterans on the team. Yeah, like I'm not saying no, the Magic, I'm not saying the Magic don't have a chance. Yeah. I think they absolutely. Like, I'm do. not saying they will, but I do think that they certainly have a chance. I mean, so pending that they don't fall apart mid-December like they seem to do every year. Right. And, and uh, I mean, and, you know, I'm not going to be too high on this, like, because injuries. But Bulls, you know, I think they still do have a chance. I mean, yeah. they only have one less win than your Magic. Yeah. So, but they also have two more losses. Right, because we play more games already. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. It, it's it's going to be... Like that's gonna be kind of actually fun to watch. Cause, yeah. like, the Bulls have been fun to watch already this year, but once you get those guys back, especially Bobby Porter's come off the bench, it's gonna be fun to watch. Um, but it's just be interesting to see how the last six, six, seven, eight seeds. You know, that's gonna be weird yeah. to see. Cause you're really having what like five, six teams fight for the last two seeds out what or out east. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, Detroit's in, I think, but then, but again, they could fall apart. Yeah, because you, you never know with the Pistons. Yeah. Same uh, thing with the Hornets, too, honestly. If the Hornets trade Walker, which they should, uh, then they could, they're out, I think. They yeah. Don't, they don't have anybody. And and they're bar- they're, bar- the they're barely in right now. They're s- still only sitting at 500. Right. They're barely in with Kemba. Who, oh my God, Kemba's done such a fantastic job this year. I'm sorry, Kemba. I know. You just don't have help. Like, opening night, he had, like, 42 against the Bucks, and they still lost, they lost by one. They lost to the 76ers in OT, 
And they kind of had like 39 in that game. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I felt so bad. Shout out to James Borrego, though, their head coach. Former interim head coach of the Magic. He went 10-20 and 20 with us. I mean, having Michael Kidd-Yokers, though, is just not helping. <laughs> no. Um, and then, yeah, then it's your Magic and then Miami, who... I don't know. It's it matters with me with Miami. It's like can Hassan Whiteside go back to what he was? He's been playing pretty close to it. Right. So I, far I know this he's year. In, like he was injured last year. Yeah, and he was kind of playing through it. But like it also just like he just wasn't giving effort, and that was kind of my issue. Um, so yeah, if I don't he, just don't think he really seemed to care for whatever reason. He got paid, so like that's kind of the reason why. And I he kind of realized like, well, I want to play, so I yeah. have to get better. And then yeah, then it's the Bulls. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens out there. If the Ma- if the Magic had a competent starting point guard, yeah. don't get me wrong, DJ Augustine's a good point guard, but he's not starting caliber. Uh-uh. Jaron so Grant is not really a point guard in no, my opinion. He's a he's a shooting guard, no point guard. He's body. a legit combo guard. If you want to talk like a legit combo yeah. guard, he's not gonna really run an offense, but he's not gonna be really really a shooting yeah. guard. I saw some stat that said he's like fifth in like dribbles per possession that's kind of messed up <laughs> which is like oh like he takes like five and a half dribbles or something like that per possession just like okay it doesn't sound like a whole lot well, but when you look at who's up there with him it's like russell westbrook damian lillard john wall <laughs> a bunch like Giannis and dedicumpo lebron yeah. like those type of guys who are all in pa talents yeah <laughs> and jerry and grant <laughs> like probably shouldn't be taking so many dribbles yeah that's yeah when he was with the Bulls, that was one thing he did do is that he didn't push the pace. And he's so, so much better when he pushes the I pace. Know, right? Oh my god! He, he so he I had, a, why he had he a good game against your Magic when he was with the Bulls. He had like ten assists that game and like fourteen points. Yeah. And he, he played very well because he pushed the ball, and it was a great game for the Bulls <laughs> because he pushed the ball. But I just he just didn't do I don't that. Get it? I don't get it. All he's, the other games, he plays better when he does that. <laughs> like, that's my point. Like, you can run my point if he. Pushes the ball, but don't run him at point if he's not going to be... If he's going to play half court, don't run him at point. Yeah. But what are your, what's your Magic going to do, though? You don't really have any other option. This is crazy me that the Magic front office had a whole offseason to try and find a half-decent point guard, and they didn't. Yeah. And then this draft is not going to help you. No. Because, so. I mean, unless you count Quentin Grimes as a point guard, which he's kind of like Jerry and Grant, and that Mole is more of a combo guard. Which is not a point guard. Yeah. So, I don't know. Magic either need to make the playoffs and convince someone like uh, D'Lo or Kemba Walker to come to, to sign in Orlando, or they need to start tanking immediately and go for, like, R.J. Barrett or Zion. Yeah. I don't but, see how Zion would fit. Which we didn't talk about that tonight, but oh my goodness. Yeah, once Woo! the college season starts get starts getting going, I, I think we should probably talk about the oh yeah talk about duke a bit well we just need to talk about the fact that duke is rick number four yeah behind I don't uh, know kansas is that... number one. Oh my gosh man i i just can't believe that yeah number four and they destroy number two kentucky they destroy them yeah oh man we gotta wrap this episode up though because it's late yeah so uh i think that'll uh conclude it for episode 10 slash 11 it's 11 <laughs> yeah of the underscore nba news podcast once again follow us on twitter at the underscore nba news pod you can follow me on twitter david at david of Burnour. follow duncan on twitter at his new twitter handle duncan underscore white 14 and if you want more up-to-date day-to-day nba news Follow us on Instagram at the underscore NBA news. 
I'm David Bernauer. That was Duncan White. Have an amazing day, night, weekend, whatever it may be for you.